you know, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost, right? Amen. That's the thing. Amen. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And our theme scripture is Psalms 101, verse 2. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when thou will come to me, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Notice, I will walk with a perfect heart. The psalmist says, I will behave wisely in our choices of principles to guide us in our conduct and our family in our official relations, there must be two things, a desire and a purpose. Amen. You must have a desire to want to be right, to live right, to do what is right. Amen. If you don't desire, you're not going to do it. You've got to have a purpose. Amen. You must purpose in your heart and in your mind that I am going to do what is right. We've got to move on to perfection. This is important. Amen. As children of God, we're baptized with the Holy Ghost. We're filled with the Holy Ghost. God gives us this power. Paul says to the church at Ephesus in the third chapter, Now unto him that is able to do abundantly, exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. Amen. The power is in you. You tell me you got the Holy Ghost. The power is in you. So you should be moving on to that perfective state. Amen. If we don't practice perfection, we're not going to reach perfection. Jesus told us in Matthew five forty eight, Be ye perfect even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Amen. He's perfect. So therefore, we must have a desire and a purpose to do what is right. Amen. Solomon tells us in Proverbs 29, one day, He that being awful and reproved, if you harden your neck, you'll be destroyed and suddenly and that without remedy. Right. Amen. So God's word continues to show us what to do is right. Because when you look at God's word, this is the standard. This is the standard for all of us to obtain too. And as Christians, all he's asking us to do is do what it says. Say, because it will make us more like him. It will cause us... To have what we need, see, to, to be, have the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. To have the power to make right choices and right decisions. And to live right and to do what is right when nobody is watching. You know, that's what Abraham Lincoln said, that discipline is just doing the right thing when nobody's watching you. That's what discipline is all about. And discipline is the root word for disciples. So we're disciples of God. So we have to learn how to do what is right without anybody telling us. Because we've got the standard. We've got the word of God. It speaks to us. Jesus said that the spirit will lead you and guide you and bring you to all truth. Amen. You don't need somebody standing over you with a 357 magnum says, get to church. You don't need somebody standing over you saying, do this, do that. No, the Spirit leads you, guides you. It's the same way we was talking before about bringing up our children. The Bible says you bring up a child in the way he should go when he's old, he won't depart from it. You want to train them, you want to teach them so that they know to do what is right in your absence. Amen. So we have to have that the word be our standard. There must be a desire to do what is right and a purpose to do it. I must desire to act wisely because I am a child of God. Say, I am a child of God. So I must learn and purpose and desire to do what is right. Amen. Because so that my life would reflect Christ to other people. 
Jesus tells us in Matthew 5 that we are the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. We're on a hill. We play in glass houses as a Christian. Amen. So I'm, so I got to learn how to behave in this thing. See, that's, that's, that's the key. I can't keep doing the same old thing that I used to do. If I have, what's changed? If nothing changes, nothing changes. Come on. Amen. See, so you're not the same old person. You remember that song says, I'm not the same person I used to be. I used to do all this wrong stuff, but in this temple now, Christ dwells here. Amen. And so, therefore, I have to allow the Word of God to direct me and to show me that my conduct and action. Now, last month, we looked at Psalms 15, and we the question is asked, Lord, who shall dwell in our tabernacle? Who shall dwell in our holy hills? He that have clean and pure heart. All these things, right? And so, this is what the Word of God is designed to do, is to get us on that right track. Say. And if we get on that right track and follow God's word and become a doer of God's word, James tells us in James 1, that we will not just be a hearer, but we become a doer, our deeds will be blessed. See, this is what God wants. He wants this temple that he has given us and that he now dwells in to be a temple of right. Amen. We have to learn how to control this This thing that we live in. So we must have before us a perfect standard, the Word of God. We must spend time in the Word of God. We must spend time searching the Word of God. Because it's through the Word of God that we learn right versus wrong. As we look at the world today, the world is already flipped upside down. (laughs) Maybe, you know, when you read Acts, they were accused of turning the world upside down. Well, I guess the world now is saying we're going to turn it back the other way it was because it was messed up before, you know. So maybe that's what is taking place, you know, because now in the world people are calling good evil and evil good. See, but you and I now we are to shine brighter than we ever shined before. Amen. You know, people say there's too many hypocrites in the church, right? Well, there's hypocrites everywhere, so but they just like to accuse the church. But we who are born again must not be accused of being hypocrites. We have to be the same here, there, over there. No matter where we go, we must be the same. Amen. We have to have the wisdom of God to be able to discern right from wrong. Paul tells the church at Corinth, amen, that the gifts of the Spirit is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, amen, the uh, working of miracles, discerning of spirit, faith, amen, uh, tongues, interpretation of tongues. It is time, in prophecy, it is time that the church move to these gifts and operation in the spirit, amen. amen. We need to be in such contact with the Lord that he is now speaking to us to give us directions and the way to go, amen. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's time for God to operate through us, and He needs these vessels. Amen. Our house. Our house. Amen. This is why Paul says, No, you not. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you. You're not your own anymore. You've been brought with the price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. You belong to God. 
Now notice what the psalmist has also said. He says, oh, when will thou come unto me? I will walk within my house in a perfect heart at the end of that scripture. Psalms 101 verse 2. Notice, he says, when are you, you come to me? You know, what is God going to find when he visits you? If, if Jesus knocked on your door when you get home tonight and walks up, what is he going to find? What would he see? Would he see the same guy or lady that was in church a few hours before with our hands lifted, singing and praising God? Is he going to find something totally different? If he come on your job, is he going to find something totally different than what he had on Sunday morning at the altar? What is he going to find? He should find the same thing. Your behavior, your actions, everything about you should be the same. Amen. You don't change when you leave the church. Amen. Your home is just is an extension of the church. So what you do in your home, if you pray in your home, you should pray here. You pray on your job. Whatever it should be the same. It should be no difference. Amen. Wisdom is known of his children. Amen. So notice he said, when you come unto me, amen, I will walk in a perfect heart. Amen. My mind is going to be made up. I'm going to be living right. I'm going to be doing right. I'm going to be what I say that I am. Amen. Praise God. So this is why we've got to become the doer of God's word. Amen. He's coming. He's going to visit your house. He had need to go through Samaria. <laughs> Amen. You know, he visited Martha and Mary <laughs> as often as he passed by. So what is he going to do when he comes by your house? Amen. Are you going to say, not now, Lord, I got to clean up. Oh, no, Lord. If I knocked on your door and expect it, what are you going to do? Yeah. Oh, no, the pastor's here. No. The door should fly open. Come on in. Right? <laughs> yeah, it has the way it should be. Amen. If somebody came to your house, you should be ready to invite them in. Huh? That's right. Come on in. Don't go, oh my, don't. Oh my, if I didn't know you was coming, I would have made sure it was cleaned up. Oh no. <laughs> Shut that door. Don't let him see in there. <laughs> no. 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 You want your house, amen, ready. Because you don't know. Be you ready for in such an hour as you think not. The Son of Man cometh. <laughs> so I might show up. <laughs> Jesus may show up. Amen. So you need to be ready here. He, he's going to come. Amen. But as long as your principles and standard is the word of God, you're okay. 
It's, this is key. You're okay. See? Because you know that you're doing what he's asking you to do. And this is what he desires of us to be. This is what James says. We need to learn to be doers of God's word. That standard. Always remember the word of God is the standard. Amen. For you. You know, people leave church because they don't follow the standard. They get mad at the pastor or somebody else and they leave the church. That's the wrong reason. The person and people is not your standard. The Lord's word is the standard. Amen. This is what you want to cling to. Amen. People are going to say things that's going to make you mad. People are going to do stuff. But don't leave the church because of it. If you're going to leave, leave because they ain't preaching and teaching the word. (laughs) You know, that's the only reason because that's the standard. Amen. That's why Paul told Timothy, preach the word. The instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. Amen. So the word is the key. Amen. To what we need to become. And this is what's going to move us to perfection. Amen. Little by little, it'll take you to that point that God wants you to be. That's why he's going to say when it's all over, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 through uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse 14 through 7-1. You, you guys read this scripture over and over and over again. Be not unlegally yoked together with unbelievers. Right? Think about this now. Don't yoke yourself with unbelievers. You've heard that old saying, guilty by association, right? So you don't want to hang out with a lot of unbelievers. Evil corruption, I mean, evil communications corrupts good manners. Amen. See, you're supposed to have good manners. You're supposed to know how to eat right. Sit right, do all these things, speak right. Speak right. <laughs> Never heard that one. Okay. But you, <laughs> you're supposed to know how to do all these things correctly as a child of God. So evil communications corrupts good manners. Amen. You, you've, got to, you've got to have etiquette as a child of God. You've got to have ethics as a child of God. Come on. So so if you if you hang out with wrong people too long, you know what's going to happen? You'll take on their ways. You'll take on their ways. See? Because once you start compromising in a little at one area, it'll be easy to start compromising in another area. See? And as a snowball start rolling down the hill, it picks up more snow, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, I, there's a message I preach entitled, Beware of Gradualism. You know, it, it, you pick up more things as you're going if you're not careful. So Paul says to the church, says, don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship have righteousness with unrighteousness? See, you are practicing righteousness. 
Because you know this is your white linen, according to Revelation 19. The white linen of God, of the saints, is what? Righteousness of God. See, and so you're trying to learn how to do what is right. See, you're practicing righteousness and doing right. So what fellowship have you that is doing right with those that is doing wrong? All right? And what communion have light with darkness? See, the world is getting darker and darker and darker. You know, it's amazing to me how many people that says they are Christians, but all of a sudden they're saying, oh, yeah, homosexuality is okay. Oh, yeah, same-sex marriage is okay. Oh, yeah, it's okay to have a drink every now and then. Oh, this is, see, it, it, it's getting that way. Just come as you are. Just be... You know, love Jesus, you know. That's what the world is becoming. That's what a lot of churches is becoming. And as a result of that, they're getting further and further from righteousness. They're getting further and further from the light. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, and I'm going to come back to this. He says, here is condemnation. He says, light. Is coming to the world. But men love darkness rather than the light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. See? So people are going away from the light. See? And the last time I checked, if you get further from the light, it's going to get dark. You shine your headlights at night. You can see a pretty good distance. But the further you get away from those headlights or the street light, it gets dark. You know, right in front of our house is, is, is one of those lamp pole lights. I came home one night and I says, what the light? You know, somebody changed, they changed the light. You know, they put a different light, <laughs> light in, you know. And this one comes on by emotion, you know, and stuff, you know, because I guess they're trying to save electric or whatever. But it doesn't shine as bright as the other one did before. I used to see all over the front yard, down the side of the house, down the street. But now I can only see a little spot out front, you know. See, so if we get further away from the light the darker we become. If we compromise in a little bit, amen, it's going to get bigger and bigger, more darkness. See? So this is why we are the temple of God. We have to monitor what we allow to come in. This is why the psalmist says, God, you set a guard at my eyes, my ears, my lips. You know? We have to be careful what we say. We have to be careful what we hear. Jesus says it's not what goes in that defile, but what comes out. And what you allow to come in, pretty soon it's going to come out. We have to have the standard and the filter, the Word of God, to decipher what is coming into us. We have to be quick to move our eyes from wrong to get it back on focus. Amen. You can't stand there and watch nudity and profanity on television or whatever and do not expect it to affect you. 
you, you can't stand in the Walmart line and watch a guy or a gal that's half nude and don't expect it to affect you. This is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So what communion have light with darkness? First, what concord have Christ with the devil? Amen. Don't be playing with devilish things. <laughs> you know? Don't get involved in those things that you know, based on the Word of God, to be devilish and wrong. Witchcraft, hatred, sedition, prejudice, all these things are works of the flesh. Terror cards, all this stuff. Don't get involved in it. Pokemon Chase. Whatever it is, go, come, whatever. He needs to go. <laughs> That's right. You, you need to monitor this stuff that your children want. It's the trick of the enemy. Christ and Bilal. You know, if, if, if it was a good game, why would people be killing people? You know, why would people be so evil and angry if it was good? You know, if it's a game that's going to make you get mad and lie and cheat and do wrong, is it a good game? You have to ask yourself, your behavior, see, you have to, you have to monitor your behavior. If it's going to cause you to get angry at somebody and throw your cards down, if it's going to cause you to get mad and kick over the table, if it's going to cause you to get angry and say things, then you have to realize here. What's happening? You are the temple of God. You should enter games or whatever with fun in your heart if you're praying with uh, brothers and sisters. Okay? Somebody's got to lose. If you're playing the game, everybody can't win. This is why you've got to have a good attitude when you're going in the game. You know? Somebody's going to lose, so be excited. My, you know, the Scripture says you rejoice with them to rejoice, right? So if he wins, you rejoice. He won. Don't say, oh, he cheated. If he cheated and won, we'll let God deal with it. <laughs> Amen. But what concord has Christ with the law? And what part have he that believe with the non-believer? For you are, and what agreement have the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will be in you, and I will walk in them, and they shall be my, I, I will be their God, and they shall be my people, said the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, let's cleanse ourselves. Let's come out, first of all, and be separate, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive you myself. Therefore, Having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit. Let's perfect holiness in the fear of God. Amen? See, and so therefore, the standard, amen, is the word of God. Amen. So we want to make sure this is what we're seeking uh, to obtain. So when God visits us, when God comes, amen, we, we have to be ready at any moment, at any time. We want to practice uh, being right. We want to practice living right. We want to, to, to search ourselves. 
Okay, this is what we want to do. Okay, number B, three steps to maintaining a godly home. Amen. And that's whatever all of us should be striving to do is to, to have godly homes, not only physical, but also spiritual as well. This temple that we are, we are operating in and living in, uh, we have to take care of it. Now, I've talked about having ethics, talked about having etiquette, amen, but talk about also hiding the word of God in our hearts. We must practice, amen, your day should begin with prayer. You should begin your day with prayer, reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God, you know, drawing close to God first and foremost. Because if you get up and get in a right spirit with the Lord, then you're usually going to follow that pattern throughout the course of the day. You know, Paul told the church at Thessalonica, he says, pray without ceasing. Amen. So if you keep your mind, what does Isaiah said in 26, 3? He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him because you trust in him. Amen. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord Jehovah is a saving strength, right? So so you want to trust God. You want to believe God. You want to to draw close to God because he says, if you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. You resist the devil, he will flee from you. So you want to get as close to God as you can. Why? Because you are going to model being a Christian. If I, as I said last month, if I don't know God, I'm not going to talk about God. Amen. If I don't believe the doctrine, I'm not going to teach the doctrine. See? But I've got to know. I've got to spend time with Him. He orders my steps. The Bible says the steps of a good man is ordered of the Lord and He directs His way. So I need to know, God, what you want me to do today. You know, how many times have you found yourself on a detour and didn't know why you was on that detour? What did, did you ask God, why did he want you to go on that detour? Was it just because the road was out? Or was there something he wanted you to see? Was there something out there? Was God trying to get you away from all the traffic and all the stuff to bring you around to a different area? So that you could keep your focus and see something else beautiful. What is God trying to show you? Where is he trying to lead you? What is he wanting you to see that's going to draw you to him? The Bible says in Psalms 19, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord and the firmament show forth his handiworks. You know, my wife and I, we just came back from Texas and, you know, I, it, I, I had programmed to go up I-35, the interstate, all the way to, to Oklahoma. But when I put it into the GPS, or not the GPS, it's the old star in the car, it sent me up 281 north. So instead of a interstate over here that I could drive 75, 80 miles an hour, I'm on a, a, a two-lane, four-lane, it goes four-lane, two-lane, one-lane, <laughs> back, you know, all the way from San Antonio to Lawton, Oklahoma, but it was through the country. The beautiful outsides, the rolling hills, to see the beauty of Texas. Because in my mind, all Texas is is a bunch of desert. <laughs> you know? But coming up this road, you we got to see towns and little 
huts and, and cattle and goats and things out in the middle of the field and the rolling hills and the green pastures and, you know, little towns and little, little things. You got to see something that you probably wouldn't have seen otherwise. So I rejoice that God brought me that way. Because if I'd have been in the traffic in Dallas, I'd have probably been swearing and going all kinds of stuff. Oh, you know, because I'd have probably called somebody stupid or something because they cut you off and do all kinds of stuff. But this way, amen. Yeah, I know. But think about it. What is God trying to show us? Amen. So we must model behavior that support Christian Conduct. As Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12, he says, Be thou the believer an example in your conversation or in your behavior. Amen. We've got to learn how to conduct ourselves. You've got to learn how to conduct yourself. You don't need somebody to tell you what to do all the time. You know. The example of being a Christian is going to church. My goodness. We learned this as a kid. <laughs> yeah. So why does anybody have to pry you to go to church? We know that part of being a Christian is tithing and prayer and reading the Word of God. Why does somebody have to pry you? It shouldn't be. It's just given. Because why? It's, it's standard. You're not doing this for me. You're doing it for him. I'm doing this for him. <laughs> you know, that he's number one. That's why I'm doing it is for him. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. And I praise God for saving me where I was. I'm here to tell you, that's why I serve him. He delivered me. He brought me out. The psalmist didn't do good justice when he said he brought me out of the miry clay and he set my feet on a rock to say. You know, we've got to realize that he chose us out of all the people in this world. Think about that. Think about it. And this world, not just here in America, but the whole world, He chose us to reflect Him to a lost and dying world. Amen. He put you in His family. He called you His son, His daughter. That's what he said. If you come out, I will be a father to you, and you'll be my sons and my daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. See? So now we have to reflect him. So our conduct must support Christian conduct. Amen. So Paul told Timothy, he says, be an example to believe in your conversation, in your word, in your spirit, in your love, in your in spirit, in your faith, and in your purity. See, he says, till I come, you give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, continuing these things. Neglect not the gift that is in you with the land on the hand of the press. Meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them. See? Add to your faith virtue. 
virtue knowledge. Knowledge temperance. Temperance patience. Patience godliness. Godliness brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness charity. If these things be in you and abound, they make that you should not be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But then he says, if you forgot these things, you're blind. You can't see it far off. You already forgot that God brought you out. So many has forgotten what God has done for them. But not you. (laughs) But you, beloved, Jude said, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercies of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, some have compassion. Make a difference. Others say with fear, pulling them out of fire, hating even their garments spotted by the flesh. See? Don't let the works of the flesh, in other words, what he's saying, taunt you. Your image. The works of the flesh are manifest. Galatians 5, right? Adultery, witchcraft, fornication. Adultery, witchcraft, hatreds, various emulations, scribe, sedition, heresies. All these things. Drunkenness, revelings, and such like. As I told you before, the day that do these things cannot inherit the kingdom of God. See? And such were some of you. But you've been brought with a price. You're a child of God. So our lives must pattern, amen, Christian conduct. Amen. Behavior in the way in which one acts or conduct himself Especially towards others. How do you treat other people? <coughs> do you allow them to go before you? Or do you get angry and yell and scream at them? Do you yell and scream at your kids? Do you yell and holler and scream and kick? Kick the cat out the door? You know, I, 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 how's your conduct? How's your conduct in your house? You do. How's your conduct in your temple? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. How's your conduct in your house at home? Oh, oh. <laughs> Do I need to talk about this a little bit? <laughs> Amen. Come on. Amen. Praise God. You know, the way we conduct ourselves is an indicator of what's inside of us. See? Yeah, that's what Paul told the church at Corinth. He says, examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Again, you don't need me to prove you. That's why you got the standard. (laughs) Here, he's the one. I can't save you. He's the one. The standard. See, you examine yourself based on the word of God. And if you find yourself short, you only tell me. You just do what it tells you. <laughs> you see? It's what you got to do. Is When you come up short, you make the corrections. You don't have to say, oh, I found myself this short and all that. I did it. No, just make the adjustment. Uh, as they taught us in the Army, if you three clicks to the left, move it three clicks to the right. <laughs> you know? Get it back on target. You know? If you find yourself down the road, headed to feel you're going the wrong road, turn around. Don't keep going the wrong way. <laughs> Get off at the next exit and turn around. 
You know, this is what you have to do. We must model good conduct. I mean, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Philippians 1.10. That you may, notice what Paul says, that you may prove things that are excellent. That you may be sincere. And without offenses of the day of Christ. Amen. Can you approve things that are excellent? How do you do that? Amen. Get to the standard. That's all you got to do. You can determine the things that are excellent. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the fathers of light in whom there is no variableness nor shadows of turning. See? You should be able to determine the things that is going to cause you to grow in Christ and the things that are not. Is, is, you should be able to do that. You know? Just because everybody says it's right, it may not be right. You know, if you look at our world today, everybody said, oh, he or she, you know, is the one. And then they get, then they select them and then what? Then they realize all the wrong. See? And as, and as a result, amen, they want to blame somebody else. No. You have to blame yourself. You know, so we got to be able to approve things that are excellent. Excellent. Amen. And notice what he said, that you may be sincere. How sincere are you about salvation? How sincere are you about your eternal life? How sincere are you? Is heaven really your goal? then you should have a sincere level about living right and doing right. See? If, if, if you say you're a Christian, it should be sincerity. How many times did you sign a letter, sincerely yours? Were you really sincere what you put in that letter? <laughs> you remember when you was a kid, you used to write those love letters? Sincerely yours. You didn't do that? You didn't? Yeah. Sometimes you write business letters and then you say what? Sincerely yours. In other words, you know, I'm sincere about this, what I'm saying. You know? But this is what Paul is trying to get us to say. See, if we can prove things that are excellent, then it's easy that we can be sincere. See, I want to be sincere Christian. I want to be right. I want to do right. What you see, I want it to be real deal. There's no falseness and fake in Christ. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When the angels told the disciples when they took him up in Acts 1, what did he say? The same Jesus that you see go up is going to be the same one coming back. And so when he see you, is he going to be 
pleased with your behavior. Every day we must strive to be what he is desiring of us to be. Amen. Being filled, Paul goes on and says here in verse 11, being filled with the fruits of what? Righteousness. Amen. Which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Being filled with the fruits of his righteousness, his love, his joy, his peace, his goodness, his long-suffering, his gentleness, his faith, his compassion, his mercy. All these things is what you want to have in you. The gifts of the Spirit, his wisdom, his knowledge, his understanding. Amen. You want to learn to practice these things. Putting them in your heart. See? Because you want to be able, when you're going through your course of your day, to make sound and wise decisions. Because you want it to reflect your conduct as a Christian. You got to learn how to put a zip. Be quick to hear. Slow to speak and slow to wrath. See? Don't feel like you got to answer everybody and get in every conversation. Let your conduct hear first. If you follow Jesus' example, he always listened and gave an example, an answer. Sometimes he says right back to him, as he said, the lawyer, right? When he was talking to the lawyer, the lawyer began to ask him what is the greatest commandment. And Jesus says, you know, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. Thy neighbor is thy seven. And he says, well, who's my neighbor? Right? And Jesus told him the story about the good Samaritan. And then the Bible says he wanted to do what? Justify himself. Right. See? My yeah, he wanted to justify himself. But then there was time Jesus says, huh? what does the law say? You tell me what it says. See, that's wisdom. See? You can know people that's trying to put you in a trap if they started asking you these kind of questions. Say, sometimes they may be looking to try to put you in a trap or sometimes they might be trying to, to, to get an answer to, to rebuke someone else. You know, so you have to use wisdom. And this is why you want to pray and seek God for wisdom. Solomon says, I don't want all the finances. I don't want all this. Just give me wisdom to lead your people. You know, and God gave him wisdom. He gave him everything else to go with it. Because when you get wisdom, you get everything else. <laughs> That's all this, that, that passage is saying. You get wisdom, you're going to get everything else. Because if you have the wisdom of God, you're going to learn how to manage finances. You're going to learn how to treat other people. You're going to learn how to make wise choices and decisions and everything else. You're going to know how to give a right answer. All this stuff. So if you build your wisdom based on the Word of God and seek God for wisdom, that's why the whole book of Proverbs is called a book of wisdom. You know? It's because you want to learn wisdom so that you can have the right conduct and the right actions as a child of God. Amen. You want to do those things that support your belief as a Christian and your conduct as a Christian so that you don't just you get involved in everything. No. You have to learn how to wait on God. You learn how to keep yourself pure 
and right in God. Amen. We must be examples to others. This righteousness thing. Amen. That's what God is all about. You know, he wants us to learn to do right. You know, this is why Job, when you read the book of Job, Job is constantly talking about, I'm not going to get rid of my integrity. You know, you've got to learn how to be honest as a Christian. Do what is right. You don't need somebody holding a gun to your head. Don't let money control your life. Let God control your life. Amen. You know, let, let God be in control. Let him order your steps according to his perfect will. He has your best interests at heart. I have your best interests at heart. Amen. And so we want to make sure that we're living right according to his principles and his way. Amen. So this month we're going to be talking about that. Amen. Is our conduct in, in, in this temple, in this house. Amen. This house, this house, and your house. <laughs> Amen. All these things are very important to you and to me and to us as children of God. Amen. Praise God. We're great. God is good. Amen. Friday night over at Toma, amen, is Youth Connection. You got some young kids, amen, they're having a Youth Connection at Toma at the Potter's, I meant the House of Faith there, amen. If you can take your kids, go over and be a part of that, amen. They would have a good time over there with that as well, 7 o'clock. Pearl Girls this Saturday here, 10 10 a.m., Right here, Pearl Girls, amen. That's a great thing, amen, developing girls to be godly servants, amen, godly and loving servants, Pearl Girls, amen. Sunday service, amen, come ready to worship God. Get ready, pray for us as our revival is coming up on the 26th through the 28th. Uh, Please get some of the cards back there, pass them out. Invite people, invite your neighbors, invite everybody you get to see. Tell them about Brother Herman is our Section 3 presbyter. Amen. They have church over in uh, Reedsburg. Amen. He's a dynamic minister of God. Uh, I don't know if he'll talk about his life, but he has a unique, very unique uh, story, uh, his life. And I won't go into all the details, but he, he may cover it. You know, he was given up adoption, and over the time he joined back to his, got back with his mother, and she's got the Holy Ghost and everything. So it's a great, great, great story. Amen. So we're looking forward to Brother and Sister Herman, our presbyters from, from Section 3. Uh, the week after that, we have our first district board meeting here in La Crosse. Amen. So you might see some of the district board and other people around town. Amen. Uh, Brother Putnam, Brother Caskey, Brother Booker, Brother Bennett, uh, Brother Herman, Brother Pace, and a lot of our presbyters, we finally having a district board meeting in La Crosse. So you might see a bunch of us around together, a lot of other guys that's coming for their licenses and stuff and their wives in the area as well. So if you see them, Christian conduct, right? Amen. You know what to do. I don't need to tell you what to do. You should automatically already know what to do. Right? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So we're excited about what God is doing. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I can't think of anything else. 
Is there any other announcements? I'm missing anything. Amen. Prayer Sunday morning, 9 o'clock. Come at 8, 5, 3, 